This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Josh. Coming out of this long holiday Thanksgiving break here in the States, but nothing ever changes when it comes to FPL. You know, you have a big holiday, big drawn out holiday in the States, but you still have Fantasy Premier League, which is why we're here, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, and one of the great Thanksgiving traditions, by the way, is a truly crummy slate of Europa League fixtures. Like, every single year, it's like Spurs or Arsenal are playing some random team at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I forget, you know, it's always like 78 78 minutes of the match. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, what's going to happen in Arsenal Krasnodar? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, seamlessly (laughs) move from, you know, the Lions v. the Falcons to... (laughs) CSK locomotive, what right. have you, and Spurs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I it was it was a good holiday week. The fantasy week was um it's it's been a big whatever for me. Uh but you know, I've got four players left to go, so I'm not going to uh complain too much. Uh the the big thing for me this week was uh sitting on my hands, which is a theme from two weeks ago. And uh Brandon, the cycle repeats itself. <laughs> so I have an opening question that we'll get to in just a second here, which is uh I want to talk about our transfers so far this season. I have pulled my non-wildcard transfers this year. Yeah. I pulled yours as well. You can see them laid out in front of us. Taunting it's, us or it's it's wild just to look at, at this depending yeah. on how you think about it. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our transfers and talk about one, two, well, you know, which ones works, which ones didn't. Kind of interesting, I think, to to look back a little bit and uh, have a little bit of uh, be a little, you know, self critical and, mm-hmm. and decide, you know, what you did right and what you didn't. So, mm-hmm. talk about that in just a second. Um, Brandon, how was your fantasy week? Yeah, you know, it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that. I had a classic. FPL game week where Saturday was good and mm-hmm. it's always the come down on Sunday. Yeah. I'm really waiting for the uh, the kind of really blockbuster Saturday followed by a blockbuster Sunday. 
just just really not happening for me. I yeah. I hit I hit my Kevin De Bruyne captaincy on Saturday, and uh, we were talking about this yesterday. You cannot say that you're disappointed with a double digit haul, ten points doubled from Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, super. It is this sublime ridiculousness of him lashing a shot off of the post in the final minute of the game where you then start to calculate how different your life would be if you had 12 <laughs> extra points in yeah. your game week score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I did I did kind of a rash transfer heading into the game week 10 deadline, and I burned minus four to get Grealish and Bamford. Who leaves for Grealish? Well, of course, it's Daniel Podence who burns me against Arsenal with the goal Mm -hmm. that is going to happen. Painful. Yeah. Grealish could pay me back uh, as, as we're recording this before the Monday slate of fixtures and then Bamford comes in for Jimenez. So horrible injury to Jimenez truly, truly hope that he is okay. Like, like horrible scenes on TV watching that head collision. Um, But the, the Grealish move, I it was it was a combo move that had to be a minus four because I couldn't do a straight swap potence to Grealish. And would you mm-hmm. agree with me, Josh, that if you have Jimenez and potence, the priority heading into this weekend was to get rid of potence over Jimenez? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he gets into the 13th minute or whatever, and it clouds your thinking. But Jimenez uh, is dangerous at home on the road versus yep. good teams versus bad. Yeah. yeah, Jimenez is a great fantasy asset. Potence is an interesting one, but he's certainly very inconsistent and not a, um, you know, and you didn't have Jack Grealish, who is, his ownership is getting um, quite high, um, has a pretty good fixture tomorrow against West Ham, and we'll see how he does, but um, wouldn't surprise me if he did something in that match. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it worked out okay. So to to make that move to get Grealish, I had to free up some cash, which is why I did the minus four. And it is an opportunity to – I feel like I was an oddball with Jimenez up front, and it was very – it was not smooth sailing with Jimenez and I kind of wanted a piece of interesting new striker FPL action and Ollie Watkins and Patrick Bamford, definitely the dudes uh, to start the season. So now I'm feeling kind of like I'm having fun up front with the patch with the Patrick Bamford pickup. So let's see how that goes. So on the whole, I am a 40 with a minus four. So 36 net. And I think the brightest spot, is actually Mendy in goal for me, who I also burned for to get in two yeah. clean sheets in a row. This transfer is paying dividends for me. Yeah. So that that's a real bright spot. Yeah, I really wish I had been told that that Jose Mourinho wouldn't even try to win that match. And uh, <laughs> that may have changed uh, my transfer strategy a little bit. I, I have two transfers going into this game week, but uh, what I don't have are Jota and KDB, who I... Um, I was really talking myself into a minus four for those players. And then I decided that I could get enough from Rashford and, and son, uh, to make it worthwhile. And in the end, this is, this is why a minus four is, is, is not something that people should just do indiscriminately because, you know, I got eight points from, so, okay. So combined, uh, KDB and, uh, Jota combined for 19 points, right? 
quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And and clearly I should have made that transfer. There's no, I'm not, you know, going to, to go back on that at all, but sure. Because um, you're going to have to be getting Kevin De Bruyne ahead of game week 11. We know. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. I've got two transfers easy to do. Uh, but, um, so I have those two transfers and, uh, or, you know, if I made those two transfers, I would have 19 points, right. But it would be on a minus four. So I'd have 15 total points, uh, net from those two transfers. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Rashford and Son, the two players I would have moved, combined for eight points. Right, so yeah. eight minus fifteen, it's a, it's it's not that much, right? You can I'm like you're scribbling really, on the back of an envelope yeah, right now, yeah. trying to follow can, what you're you saying. You can really you can really kick yourself about this stuff, but ultimately, it's a seven point difference. Your season is not going to be won and lost on seven points, and so mm-hmm. it's good to keep that kind of perspective too. And you know, I probably would have captained KDB if I brought him in. I got you know, he, ten, KDB got ten, uh, Bruno got ten. It's a it's a total. Uh, neutral move there. So uh didn't really, uh, I was really annoyed about it because I feel like I, I you know, I just, I just wasn't aggressive enough. And mm-hmm. um, I feel like that was, you know, I, I'm not all about making minus fours all the time, but I think, you know, it, it, I really got a little, um, I just didn't listen to reason. I think, um, you know, there's this idea of Man City at home versus a Burnley team that have looked quite poor all season and they're playing their backup keeper. Right. Like when you when you sort of just lay it out very cleanly, that is a situation yeah. that where minus four feels very smart. And especially when you think about wanting to have those two players long term. So, you know, I'm just so th- this actually leads me into the opening question, which is, you know, how are our non wildcard transfers going? And I have this sort of and the, the, the reason for this uh, was I had this feeling that I am doing better this season when I just use one transfer. I've got one problem and I make one transfer. And I have been getting into trouble when I'm trying to think three, four, five game weeks ahead. And I'm trying every transfer is built around this, this perfect strategy of every piece clicking perfectly. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and I, that has not been working for me. And so I wanted to look back at, at my transfers and yours and, and just see how they've gone so far. Okay. So yeah, we'll start, yeah, we'll start yeah. with mine and then we'll, then we'll, we'll go to yours. Um, and I, I've excluded wild cards because um, I just think that that well, first of all, it's just too many transfers to talk about in the pod. But I also think that's a slightly different situation, the wild card. Totally. And yeah, yeah, and my wild card went great. Uh, my wild card put me into the top 100k. <laughs> Lest so, you forget, dear yeah, listener. Well, yeah, exactly. Just a little reminder there. My season's going fine. You know, I'm like 200k overall. I'm great, Brandon. Don't worry about me. No okay? one, no one's worried Josh, about you. Josh, Josh Landon <laughs> is doing fine. Okay, I've got plenty to worry about over here. Not me. Sure. I understand that. All right. So transfers game week two, going to game week two, Jared Bowen out, James Rodriguez in a wonderful transfer. <laughs> My best of the season. A great one. Uh-huh. All right. Immediately pays off. Cause didn't Rodriguez get a brace that game week? Uh, goal assist and three bonus points uh, so, close or two, two actually. That was, that was the DCL uh, hat trick match. Uh-huh. Um, right, right, right. <clears throat> so then uh, game week three, I burned four. Uh, I take out Aubameyang and St. Maximum, and I bring in Kevin De Bruyne and Daniel Potence. Uh, Daniel Potence, I believe, is immediately injured uh, and does not play uh, in the match at all. Uh, And Kevin De Bruyne, uh, I think, gets... I think he blanks, and then I think he gets immediately injured himself. He gets an injury as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, those two transfers uh, out of minus four were um, both a a big fail. I I wouldn't say either one of those was was very good, and I had to drop KDB, so that one didn't work out either. Next game week, I move from Ben Davis to uh, Reese James, which uh, James doesn't play a minute, 
and yeah. uh, Ben Ben Davis uh, comes on late and uh, gets four points because he picks up an assist. This is all off the top of my head, by the way. I can't believe my <laughs> stupid brain. Like, I know just, how your brain works. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was that was like a net four. I can't remember what I got off the bench, but I think it was like one player, one point from a defender who replaced James. So, so that one doesn't work out well. But again, there's an interesting thing here is that in Reese James, I got so frustrated with it. I basically like it like pushed me to wild card because I was like, well, James is like two transfers because now I've got to drop him right drop him again. He didn't start, I think, again in game week five. And then uh, and then he's been awesome since then. And we're, we'll talk more about mm-hmm. Chelsea defense in the game week 11 preview. So uh, then I wild card and then I decide once again, I'm going to hold my beautiful transfer in game week six for game week seven. I make two bad transfers. I move James Rodriguez and Riyad Mahrez to Marcus Rashford and Phil Foden. Phil Foden, a, a complete fantasy disaster. Uh, I know he picked up an assist, but like this is like just a player you do not want on your team at all. Like there's no having a player where every week you're sweating the clean sheet, like the, the team sheet to see if they're not worth start, it. Not worth it. Not not fun at all. Um, and then Marcus Rashford just should have gone Bruno right away, you know, and I, I corrected the mistake by bringing in Bruno later, but, um, I, I went with the, um, with the B plus fantasy asset over the A one. And that usually is yeah. going to hurt you. Um, but, just to, okay. To just, just, really just to jump in there mm-hmm. and you're right. Everything you said there about Bruno being the dude over Rashford, but at that point where both of us brought Rashford in, he was in incredible form and yeah. I have a bone to pick with, Sir Marcus Rashford, in that his form just absolutely disappeared after yeah. after that. Yeah. Once we brought him in, and man, that that's that's done. So that brings me to my final transfers, which is game week nine. Uh, Says to Kufal, thumbs up. Salah to Fernandez, gotta say thumbs up there, right? I mean, sure. uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's 21, 21 points from from Fernandez in the last two. Uh, and then Foden to Ziyech, which mm. is a transfer I just didn't need to make at all. Um, and so <laughs> didn't need to. I, I went out of the money. Um, and so um, I'd say two. I'll, I'll say two out of three on that one. Well, where and, are you on yeah. Ziyech then? Do you feel like this is a Ugh. transfer? I mean, he's he's he? heavily involved in the attack. And this is something that okay. long term. I mean, he? yes, he plays very he plays very much on the like the right touch line. Often. He plays in the stands. OK, that's he is so far mm-hmm. on the right touch line that he's like in the fourth row. OK, he thinks he's actually employed by the old fantasy Premier League game <laughs> doing man in the stands bonus point allocation. He, he, is that wishes, what he's doing? he wishes it was one of those stadiums that had a track around the outside uh, so that he could yeah. run laps in between sure, yeah. uh, possessions. But uh, that's that's a that's a hold for for the moment. I think Ziyech oh, could come I good. I, I really I mean, he. He, I mean, he, was he the worst player on the pitch today? I mean, he probably was. I, I can't think of anyone who was worse than him. Uh, he, he was dreadful. I mean, he couldn't complete a pass. Uh, he whiffed his one sort of big opportunity. Um, it was just a, a real disaster, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. So that this is an interesting perspective for me because you're you have a decent start to the season, as you mentioned, two hundred k. OR and that's a position of strength and you can really push yourself forward as the season marches on and I am all the way back around 2.8 million right now and as I look back at my transfers I'm kind of like well I don't know (laughs) these are all pretty good transfers so what does it say what does it say about our psychology then that I am that I'm 200k overall and I'm like disgusted with myself and you are two point whatever and you're like 
Not bad. Well, I mean, I could tell so many stories sports related and our friendship. And I think the one that comes to mind is watching a Michigan State basketball game. <laughs> and Michigan State was was it UConn that they were playing in the final four or something? And they were they were dominating. And yeah. through the course of two Tennessee. possessions, yeah. they Michigan State sort of concede four points to the bad. And you're apoplectic. And you're like, well, the game's over. I might as well just go <laughs> home. So you're you're and I this is this is one hundred percent reflected in the always cheating Twitter feed. Like you're right. you are reactionary by nature. Yes. And yes. I think your impulse not, not, is not my politics, but yes, as a as a fantasy manager, yes. Yeah. I think your impulse is how do I affect this? And, you know, you you understand that you can't affect what's going out on the field. Only the players can. But I think you believe enough in some kind of spiritual energy that if you put it out into the universe, a la The Secret, maybe you can make something yeah. happen. I mean, otherwise, I said, it's I, just like a lot of bad takes. Well, there's some good ones in there. First of all, the, the, that ZH take comes right from the Twitter feed, Brandon, and that that's a, that's, that was a good take then. It's still a good take eight <laughs> hours later. Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, there, I think there's a willingness to exist. I think for me, it's it's like it's like being on the therapist chair. You know, I mean, it's uh-huh. like you go and you just say the most vile stuff about about the match you're watching or the players or VAR or whatever the case may be. And it just sort of gets it out of your system. You know, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, I was sort of joking about it this morning, but I, you know, I was so enraged uh, by VAR yesterday, as I am once a weekend. Once a weekend, I just lose it about how mm-hmm. much I hate it. And it feels like it's always the first match of the week. It's like, it's like, I think the VAR people in the booth, they, they have a little too much coffee that first <laughs> match. They're a little too amped up. Uh, there's strong tea. I don't know what it is. And, uh, and they're just, everything is getting reviewed. Every marginal thing gets reviewed. And then it kind of slows down and, calms down over the course of a weekend. So I just, maybe if I just stop watching the first match, but anyway, mm-hmm. the, the point is I, I, this stuff happens and then I, I tweet it out. Um, and, and then it's sort of out of my system, you know? And then like with the VR stuff, I'll, I'll go in there and say something. And like eight hours later, people will be like commenting me about it. And I'm like, listen, I'm not even angry anymore. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you're so angry. <laughs> it's, like, it's completely yeah. fine guys. Yeah. <laughs> VAR the VAR part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> the VAR conversation was especially interesting to me this weekend in light of Diego Maradona's passing, because um, particularly when you're you're engaging with British fans and they have a storied history, in, you know, in the World Cup with Diego Maradona. And you think, does World Cup 86 end the way it does if we're living in the world of VAR? And yeah. just thinking about Maradona's legacy and reflecting upon him and accepting that he was a great athlete, a great sportsman. And I do not think it is precious to say that he was very much an artist. And that is what really sticks in a lot of people's craw with VAR is the World Cup 86, the hand of God and all this sort of thing. It is something that is a legend that whether you are on the winning side or the losing side, or you just appreciate what Maradona did, we're still talking about it. We'll be talking about it for generations. And it is not about if the law was broken or not. It was just about this magic that was there. And that's something that, yeah, we're missing because of VAR. And this is what we were also talking about earlier, Josh. Um, No fans in the stands. There's something a little off kilter about this season so far. Yeah. um, With, 
with the with COVID nineteen. And so I think I'm just kind of hoping that we get a little bit of that artistry and that magic back pretty soon. Well, you know, and it was with fans in the stands, and I think it's about a half the stadiums uh, starting actually with Arsenal's Europa League match on on uh, Thursday. Um, it's I'm pretty excited. I have, I have to say, I'm pretty excited about having some fans back. I think it will help. And, and, you know, and again, like, thank you to everyone who's listening and sticking with us because, you know, no one thinks this is normal, you know, like eight, four matches spread out across 10 hours, no fans in the stands, super funky score lines, Everton doing well. These are not things that are normal, Brandon. These aren't things that we want, you know, but well, the universe is correcting that Everton <laughs> thing, by the way. So yeah. don't, don't you worry yeah. about that. I know I should have picked on somebody who was doing a little better. They've, they've fallen back. a little. So anyway, um, let's talk about your transfers. Okay. Yeah. I, this is a little bit like looking at these transfers. It's a little bit like, uh, there's an episode of band of brothers where it's called the replacements and it's all about, all right, these, these guys got to the front they yeah. died. And so we just ship in these new guys yeah. to replace them and then they die. And nobody really wants to make friends with any yeah. of the replacements because, um, everybody dies and that's just kind of the horror of it all. So I'm looking at this list of transfers that I've made and it's just all, it's all replacements getting shipped off to the, to the Western front. And, um, I'm feeling that I'm feeling that sting very much with Lucas Dean at the moment, but yeah, let's go back all the way to game week two where I, I, I dropped Virgil van Dyke. I can't even remember the logic behind these things. I think I dropped van Dyke for Dean because of the shocking scoreline against Leeds, and right. just, just wondering what was yeah, going on there. I and why once, didn't I have an attacking fullback instead yeah. of a center center back? Yeah. It seems logical enough, right? You ship seven goals, you know, and, or no, I guess that was only, there was only three in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Aston you're you're match, looking but, ahead to the Aston yeah. Villa match. Sure. Um, and the, uh, minus four that I took was to hit out Saka, Arsenal legend, who mm-hmm. he might, Saka might actually be Arsenal's best player right now. I'm not yeah. sure. And I brought in Jack Harrison based on so, that Liverpool <laughs> It's a sentimental. It was a sentimental transfer. Yeah, back to our NYCFC days. Um, Lucas Dean, I think. I mean, I actually held Dean until I still have him. (laughs) I think that was overall a fine pick. Jack Harrison, a really bad pick, as was reflected in the wild card that I popped in game week three. So let's jump ahead to game week four. Uh, Timo Werner, who was a wild card pick, he was immediately. bounced from my side for Danny Ings. Fantastic transfer. And Phil Foden, bad wild card pick. Uh this is oh this is game week five. Foden out for Hamas Rodriguez. I missed that haul that you got in game mm-hmm. week four, but it was still a pretty good transfer for me yeah, until get, he uh ruptured yeah, I think his you, I think he had to get one assist out of that actually. <laughs> he, uh, he was pretty I he, he like he was so hot and then he and then it was over. It was like a yeah. fun yeah. He looks good, though. He looked good. I actually thought he looked good on Saturday. I agree. And he was fired up, too. I think that he knows that uh, that team is really relying upon him. Looks like it was a minus four for me in game week five. So it was Hamas in for Foden and De Bruyne out for Hungman's son. And I captained son, and that was a good pick for me. And we're still rolling with Spurs assets, so I feel like that was a good transfer. Speaking of, in game week six... Danny Ings with the injury, easy transfer. He's sure. out for yep. Harry Kane. Just no problem. Slam dunk. 
Somehow Virgil van Dyke has ended up in my squad going into Twice. game week seven. <laughs> and uh, his his lower body gets absolutely exploded by Jordan Pickford in the Merseyside yeah. Derby. And he yeah. has to be replaced by none other, none other than Matt Target. And Matty Target, we will always have your clean sheet and assist against Arsenal no yeah. matter what happens. Uh, the other... God, burning points left and right. The other <laughs> minus four, game week seven... James Rodriguez with his busted balls. He's out for Marcus Rashford, which was, as discussed, a bad transfer. Another minus four in game week eight, Matt Ryan and Roman Sace. You guys, neither of them played in game week seven, so they're out. Mendy and Bellerin come in. They do not pay off in game week eight, but they pay me back in spades in game week nine. So I think... Mendy, yeah, yeah, Mendy, definitely a good transfer for me thus far. Bellerin is quickly becoming a problem. Like I, I talked last week about his nine pointer against Leeds being kind of uh, ill gotten gains, and this Arsenal squad is is a complete (laughs) mess at the moment. Much much was being made when when I made the Bellerin pickup of, well, at least they're defending well. The problem is Arsenal going forward. So Bellerin seemed like a fine pickup, but I am now looking at all these premium midfielders and I need every penny yeah. that I can dig well, out of the couch. We'll talk about them in just, in just a couple of minutes here in the Game of Golden preview. So we still have a couple more transfers to go here, Brandon. You're just rolling through the transfers here. Yeah, three more to go. So my one Game Week 9 transfer was Sala to De Bruyne. That's a good one in that I want De Bruyne. I captained him to great effect. The issue here is Sala is immediately back, and now I want Sala back. Yeah, yeah. He he does Very look good. And in that first half. Another minus four in game week ten. I I mentioned this with my 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 sort of recap of where my score is now, but Podens and Human is out for Grealish and Bamford. Uh, so far, that's not been a great move given Podens' returns, but I think long term that was kind of a, a no brainer. Yeah. So yeah, if I look yeah. at this on on the whole. What do you what do you make of my transfer strategy? Lots of lots of yeah. points hits, but beyond that, I feel like I'm getting the big names in, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really the point hits that do stand out. I actually it wasn't until I looked at this and I just I pulled up your team a minute ago. So you have you've taken a minus four in five of the first ten game weeks, and you wildcarded in one of the other ten. So in, in only four forty percent of the game weeks so far this season, have you not um have you not used, um, have you, spent, have you made like spent a regular some form of capital? You, yeah, exactly. Spent some form of capital. So I, you know, I do think that maybe you're making too many transfers. Um, I think that, that, that is one thing that might, that might be the case. Even, even though the players you're bringing in are good, it may be costing you too much. I mean, cause yeah. you know, that's 20 points and you're talking about burning another minus four and for game week 11, right? So, sure. you know, that's, that's minus 24 points right there just on those transfers. <laughs> you know, it yeah, does, yeah. it does create a burden and, you know, and, and again, I think it's, um, and I don't mean this to be overly critical, but it's like the potence thing. It's like, it's unlikely that he does that, but it is possible always, you know, that he's a good player. Sure. So, um, so, uh, you know, it's one of those questions of whether it is worth, no, you know, you needed to, to probably make those moves, but um, sometimes there is can wait, stretch it out over the, two weeks. Yeah. The answer lies somewhere in between. I mean, you're, you're talking about the curse of two transfers and you felt like going into this weekend, you were sitting on your hands and you had options to make and, you didn't you cho- you chose to do nothing and that was my big takeaway from last season was like letting fpl happen happen to you versus 
going yeah. out there and being proactive. So I think I'm pr- I've probably taking that a little too close to heart and I'm being a little too active. Uh, I, I think there is something to that. Something in between. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this is interesting. I, it was kind of fun to run through these, uh, sort of enlightening, uh, if only for me and you, Brandon, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. enlightening. Let's take a quick break and uh, we're going to talk about game week 11. We also have, we, we, you know, I meant to tease this at the top of the pod, but it's, we're really excited. We had an interview. We actually recorded this earlier today with mm-hmm. Tilly Webb. She is an eight-year-old girl. She lives in England. She's a big Aston Villa supporter. And out of the 19,940 managers in the Always Cheating Super League, she is ranked number two overall. Um, she, she was, she was going to this weekend. She still has four players left for tomorrow. So yeah. let's, let's give her the minus two, uh, at the moment. And, or, you know, the, I mean, the, I mean the number two overall at the moment, she was in the top 200, I think at the, as of live rank, she's top 600. So that is still, um, a higher height than, than any, than, than many managers listen to the podcast ever attained yeah. before. So we um, had to speak yeah, to really her exciting. and find out what her secrets are. And exactly. her father insists he has absolutely nothing to do with it and based on his his fpl history i believe it Uh, so it's all tilly so yeah she she was really fun to talk to yeah so stick around we're we're, that's that'll be um at the end of the pod uh this week so uh but it's a really fun conversation it was really cool to get a chance to talk to her and uh, and her dad mark and uh they just are they're awesome people so uh that's coming soon but let's take a quick break we'll get back and talk about game week 11 All right, Josh, let's check in on that always cheating Super League in which uh, Tilly is really having an outstanding season. What can you do to participate in this massive 20,000 plus manager Super League? Well, it's easy. Just go to alwayscheating.com and click the league tab. Our league code is on all of our social media, et cetera. So uh, running through our top 10 managers using our new favorite site, fplgameweek.com. We shouted them out last week, and if you haven't, we've gotten lots of great feedback on fplgameweek.com. Perfect place to track your mini week, your your mini leagues live in real time, and also your your overall rank as the game week rolls on. So the Super League, we've got a uh, we've got a top eleven here, Josh. A little mm-hmm. shout out for Tilly, who, as you mentioned, Tilly Webb. Our former number two, she's got a few players left to go. She's now in 11th spot. In 10th place, it's Gunnar Georgeson in 9th place. Edie Marzuk, 8th place. Kudawashi Muzawazi in 7th place. It's Craig McDermott. And we've got a huge uh, three-way tie for 4th place with Darren Sparks, Yusuf Zaini, and Lefker Usama. Usuma, thank you. Uh, in third place, it's Dimitar Simo. In second place, Neil Head. And our first place manager is Tony Scarpenhead. Congratulations to the top three managers who have now broken the 700-point barrier. I wow. dare to dream. I dare yeah, to dream. Seriously. We'll get there, Brandon. Give us give us a handful of weeks. You know, we'll, we'll crack that too. Uh, maybe three. I don't know. Uh, uh, just a quick note, uh, Patreon. Uh, we're in the final 16 in the uh, the uh, Harvey Milk Mustache Cup. Brandon will be in the Elite Eight next week. I'm going to use all the NCAA tournament terminology here, but uh, we're getting down, uh, getting down a little bit. Still too many teams to list off on, on each podcast, but when we get down to the final four, uh, we'll start giving some shout outs, though. But uh, that's been a lot of fun, and we're going to run another one of those this spring. And mm-hmm. uh, 
shout out to all of our patrons, though. Uh, new patrons, uh, a few uh, Lord Soroth patrons this week. Uh, Tron Solberg, Nibir Islam, and Alex S. Uh, thank you to our newest uh, Patreon supporters. And uh, quick note, uh, it's December 1st, uh, kicks off the holidays. So if you have been on the fence about becoming an Always Cheating Patreon supporter, Think of it as a little December pledge drive. This is your chance to uh, support the podcast and say thank you, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. And if you pledge at the um, Volkswagen tier or above, you get a free T-shirt. So we'll do our best to uh, to get those out to you in time for the holidays. So for sure, uh, yeah, we do have a we have a shop. Uh, you know, the AlwaysTreating.com uh, website. We have a shop where you can buy um, bus team T-shirts and uh, kind of all the all the slogans that you know and tolerate from the podcast uh can be can be purchased at the always cheating shop i wish we could get a cameo for uh, like a cameo style video from dm mercy and bikani that we could sell on the shop so yeah, hit us, if you're Bikani's lawyer hit us up yeah hit us up um so uh, patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the podcast uh and uh, yeah we hope you do and thank you to everyone who currently does yeah, and since we're going to conclude this episode with our great interview with Tilly and Mark Webb, we thought this would be a good slot to thank our esteemed producers. So let's quickly run through these names. We know them. We love them. Producers Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T., to Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wegner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg-Skoging, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Paul Scanlon, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Producer Matt, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Alper Paxoy, Nicholas Verdakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Styles. Thanks to you wow. all. Josh, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we have our key questions for Game Week 11. I love it. I could listen to you read off those producer names. I'll keep, I can keep hours. going if you yeah, want. Yes, make up a few. Yeah. <laughs> now, thank you, Brandon. I'll be back uh, for just a minute. All right, we're back. Game Week 11 kicks off in uh, about five days. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night. Fast and furious, my yeah. God. You know, have you seen this, by the way? There is a little bit of worry about some COVID cases, some COVID problems uh with the newcastle squad and okay. yeah so there's a little bit of concern about whether you know if, if the breakout is or the, you know the outbreak is bad enough this match could get moved or postponed or we'll see which okay. um has you know this is sort of shockingly has not affected the premier league so far in american sports this has been a pretty standard thing uh just this last weekend the uh Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens had a match that uh, it may go on on, t- on Tuesday. It may not. It was supposed to be Thanksgiving. They went back five days and it's just, it's just a real mess right now here in America. Um, but um, yeah, so it may be that that, that match gets, um, that something happens. I don't, mean, I don't mean to plant a bunch of worry, but I'm just saying that there, there has been some news about, about a bunch of COVID cases in Newcastle. So keep your eye out. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something to keep in mind in case it impacts your captaincy. I mean, Jack Grealish, at home against Newcastle could be in the captaincy conversation. And you maybe, I mean, the, the beauty though of this match being the first kickoff is we'll probably have as much information as we're going to get when that hour and a half deadline is, but I I agree. It's just something to monitor. 
Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it could be that it just gets moved a few days, too. Um, so it could still fall into the game week, right? It's a Friday match. It could be yeah. up to next Wednesday, and it would still, it would still you know, count. So um, just, just something to note. Uh, but that's, well, I, I feel like I dropped that, and then I'm like, oh, let's have, like, a normal conversation about, you know, the game week. But <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, we'll see. So um, five questions for game week 11. Uh, we're going to start things off um, with a little bit of ranking. I love, I love mm-hmm. rank. I love the the Smiths album rank. I love ranking uh, top five list, Brandon. And I also love ranking fantasy midfielders. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? I love things that smell bad, things that are rank. You that's love, yeah, you're like Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. <laughs> so Raleigh says, with so many desirable premium assets, KDB, Bruno, Salamani, Kane, Sun, Werner. Oh, this is the mission forwards in here too. Kane, Sun, uh, Werner, and Vardy, et cetera. How do you rate them? And is it worth having four if you can fit them in so four assets now look at my team here i guess i have one two three i have three already and i've got rashford and ziach who are kind of like b plus they're not quite at that top tier so yeah yeah i think having four you and i i think both are trying to get four right yeah i'm i'm trying to get four i only have two with just kdb and kane and I would say both KDB and Kane are season keepers for me. I am not in the camp that's looking to move Kane to Vardy. So four for me, this is something I was tinkering with all afternoon, actually ahead of the pod, was how do I get these four? And it's it's an easy choice for me. KDB, Kane, Bruno, and Sala. Whatever I can do to get those four, and it's gonna it could take <laughs> It could take me up to a month to get these guys. I mean, given the evidence that we were just going through, though, Josh, of my hits, it could mm-hmm. take me just two weeks. But <laughs> um, I, I feel like you have to start making cases for players like Werner and Vardy and Mane, whereas the cases have already been made for Bruno, for Sala. De Bruyne is kind of like, I guess you would say he's on a short leash, just given... Uh, Manchester City's form and, and flavor. What what did you make of that Burnley results? That I mean, you said last week yeah. that you wouldn't be convinced of City until they put up one of those classic <laughs> Pep City yeah. results, five yeah. 0 Were you not entertained? Yeah, I thought that watching the match, I, I thought this is exactly and you know, sure. I mean, uh this is this is like the double edged sword of of the um oh sometimes you want to you you know move early before all those show me what you got people catch up right uh but i really wasn't sure and i you know the midweek champions league match was another one nil uh it was not a they did not you know it was you know it was a little phil foden scores one first half goal and then they they hold on for a one nil win you know so it wasn't like uh they came out of that spurs match just like rocking and rolling you know and so i was like well i mean i knew they were at home but just with the with the with the weird rotations this season um at city and um, Burnley had kept two clean sheets back to back. Um, so I, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. I mean, like, you know, as I said, as I said before, uh, it is what it is. What a cliche thing to say, but you know, as I said before, uh, it's, are you wearing sh- a cowboy I, hat right now? I feel like you can only <laughs> say it is what it is. If you were, if you're like peering yeah. under the brim yeah. of a cowboy hat, should I have brought in a man city player? Yes. Should I have brought in two? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what two you'd bring in. I guess you could bring in a defender or something. Uh, I mean, at this point, is there anyone besides KDB? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I feel like we're sort of taking this question and turning this into a Man City discussion, but I think that's, I think that's fine. Um, yeah. is there anyone besides KDB that you would consider for your team? And Ferran Torres, 
I only got 60 minutes scores, you know, right before it gets subbed off. Uh, very cheap. Uh, you know, it's available at a very fair price in the game. Is he somebody that you would consider? No, no, I, I he wasn't on the ball enough for me. And mm-hmm. Mares, Mares gets all the headlines, but we already know the story with Mares, and a hat trick like that is not nearly enough to compel me to get back on that roller co- coaster. Yeah. So yeah, and and Jesus. This is it's an interesting thing with City, a team that is so noted for its attack, where their number nine is never a player worth having unless it's Aguero, maybe. But it the number nine for City seems to only kind of facilitate the number 10 and the uh, and the wing and the wingers to get involved in the attack. So De Bruyne is it. And maybe if you're feeling frisky, you go for a Ruben Diaz. Yeah, um, I think that um, Mendy scoring today is just just makes Cancelo scary enough. If Mendy doesn't score, maybe you still consider it because Cancelo has looked very good so far this season. But I think with the Mendy goal, you're like, eh. and Pep made some comments about you know goal scorers are in their place in the squad or whatever. It was like just like enough to be like, oh great. Now you still have Zinchenko there too, right? So you've got three left backs uh, yeah. in that squad, all of whom are pretty decent. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's Diaz. Um, I mean, Mares, like, come on, we've been down this road before with Mares, right? Like too many times, too many times. Uh, Sterling, I mean, I love him as a differential, but like, is this guy going to like earn his spot back or something? Right. I mean, he has 18 total minutes in the last two matches. He's had a, he's had a really poor season as we talked about on last week's podcast. I mean, two goals and one assist uh, on the season. And, yeah. um, and he had actually started the first eight matches. So it wasn't like he was, you know, injured or played in limited minutes or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's City. I I think the one question here, if we're if we're going back to our ranks and Raleigh's question, is Son. Son is the one Ugh, player yeah. in this list who we both have, and yeah. I'm not I, even after the blanks for Kane and Son against Chelsea. I I still feel pretty good about Spurs assets. The thing with Son though is, I still rate him, and I'm I'm happy to have him. But I'm I'm not able to make the case for him over KDB or over Bruno or over Sala. It's just a process of elimination for yeah. me with him. So maybe Son becomes an upside pick after enough managers, you know, kind of kind of sell him off. What's Son's ownership right now is whew, close to fifty eight percent. Yeah, it's just it's outrageous. Super, super so high. it's 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 an interesting. Uh, yeah. it's an interesting thought then to quickly move son to somebody like De Bruyne who yeah. has under 20% ownership. I mean, that's definitely going to be higher than 20% going into game week 11. Yeah, it's really, um, it may, it may just, you may just have to do it. And, you know, it's, it's three blanks and four for son as well. Um, which I think, um, his early returns were so massive that it may have, um, I mean, he's, he's obviously, he's an excellent player, obviously. Like when you talk about like moving these players around and this is the trap I fell into, you know, you, you sort of, you get caught up in sometimes, you know, in this sitting in your hand scenario that I was talking about earlier, you get caught up in focusing on how good these players are. You're like, well, Sun is a great player. Sun is, you know, Sun can score on the counterattack. Sun, you know, Sun has nine goals on the season. Sun, of course, can, can breach this, this Chelsea defense. Um, and, you know, the, the whole, you know, uh, challenge is is transferring very good players for other very good players and 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 obviously you know it's also just worth keeping in mind that um you know there's no um 
like Rosetta Stone out there that like just like enables you to just like perfectly, you know, like uh, Rosetta Stone maybe not the right word to use here, but just like like to like perfectly like figure out like okay, I've deciphered the best like this this is the way the future is going to play out right like i i've cracked you know, the you're code. looking for uh biff's sports al- almanac is that yeah biff sports for? yeah that's a, that's a better yeah exactly back to the future too uh I, yeah i feel like i need like you know it's like yeah sometimes you're going to transfer to a player like son it's going to come back to haunt you um i mean honestly if i had my choice i would keep son and i would bring in uh, I, would, I would take out ziach uh who i'm just already like just completely um I, I, I'm just done with him already. Yeah. He could not have looked worse. I, I, I don't really don't know why you're, you're giving him any credit because he, <laughs> he was so bad today. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think, uh, oh, he probably stays there just cause he's, he's like a million cheaper than son. It's easier for me to make the transfers I want to make. So yeah, I think, uh, son and Kane, that may, that may just be too much. And I think looking ahead, I think the issue here is that they still have a bunch of tricky fixtures. I mean, the man, the, um, the, you know, North London Derby next weekend, um, away to palace, not, not easy, certainly. Um, I mean, you know, Palace did, you know, capitulate, you know, right at the end of that other, ma- you know, of their match with uh, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, way to Liverpool, uh, obviously not an easy match, and then uh, home to Leicester in game week fourteen. So, you know, we're talking about a pretty tricky stretch, um, you know, right through December. And so, I think you know, Kane is a player that I still really believe in, um, although. God, like, is he just not going to play as a forward ever anymore? Like, it was <laughs> insane. I liked how, how you described yeah. him as Yaya Torre um, earlier yeah. today. I thought that was pretty apt. I hadn't heard that one yet. Yeah, it's like he's doing like a total box to box thing, which is fine. But like, are you going to play a forward then, or are you just going to like just not like you're just going to have all midfielders then? Like, it's like who scores when you when you just have all midfielders? Like, I don't. I don't mm-hmm. understand what, like, there's, there, it wasn't like there was like a bunch of like space. There was nobody in the box. There was, you know, it was just, um, it was, they were just passing around. I, I didn't feel like there was any sort of um, incision, you know, in their attack. And, and it's really, really feel the loss of someone like Erickson and, and why I was really surprised that, that Bale um, didn't, uh, you know, I felt, felt a little cowardly on Mourinho's part not to bring in Bale. You wonder if LaCelso, if they can really get LaCelso worked into the system, if he can help them in that regard. But yeah. to to my point, I I think things are still working decently for Spurs. We, sure, they're in first place. I mean, you know, clearly. Right. It's it's just kind of a concern of of how sustainable are Sun's numbers versus the numbers that Sala and Bruno and KDB will surely being put up putting yeah. up between between now and the end of the year. Wow, when did one fourth uh, is is on loan at Villarreal? This is this is news to me, Brandon. Do you know about this? Well, there's a non sequitur for you. <laughs> well, I was looking at all the uh, Spurs players on the uh, the fantasy side. Well, Foyth is well, who was who was the out. dude? Who was the new dude that started at center back today? His name was uh, hold on, yeah, Rodon. Yeah, Rodon. Joe, Joe Rodon. Where did he come from? I, I, obviously, a lot of people probably know better than me where he came from, but you know they they've just got center yeah. backs growing out of their ears there at, at White Hart Line. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well too. I thought he looked okay. Yeah, um, yeah he's uh, yeah, it's too bad he's a little he's five million. It would be nice if he was a little bit cheap. actually five million is not that bad really. Uh, I think he's replacing Toby, who's out for a month or so with a groin injury. All right, let's move on to uh, the next question. Um, who's the best game week eleven captain? I think the answer is kind of obvious here. So let's also talk about a possible upside chasing pick. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Obvious choice would be Kevin De Bruyne again at the Etihad, keeping that home form going against 
Folong, who we talked about the uh, the process of working out who the true whipping boys of the league are, and the fact that Fulham, you know, it's it's in their DNA to play a little more um, open. They're going to yeah. get absolutely destroyed. The, the poor lads. Um, who are the upside picks? I guess I you mentioned the North London derby, and I'm wondering how tricky a fixture that is for Spurs because. There is no real attack right now for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to do against Spurs? And their defense, I think, is being exposed as not as great as perhaps they were at the start of the season. Harry yeah. Kane has a long history with scoring in this fixture. Why not Kane? Why isn't he an upside pick? I think Kane is a reasonable pick. Um, you know, I was going to say he loves the London Derby, but then, of course, he um, barely. I don't know. He had one, ch- you know, honestly, he had, he had a big chance um, early on in this match where he um, he set up, uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting, of course, I'm blank. Uh, uh, Bergwine, who, what happened to him? Jeez, Bergwine. <laughs> you know, he looked so good for a while last season. But he he set up Bergwine and Bergwine, um, Sky, honestly, what, what should have probably been a goal and a big chance missed for him for sure. Um, and if that if that goal happens, I think we see a very different match, right? It's one nil Spurs early on. I, I think we're looking at like a a, a much more high scoring affair uh, because you know I think that would have changed how both teams have played. Um, but yeah, so I think that you know McCain is it's it's really I mean he is setting everybody up and uh, you know and it's just like I guess just the concern is like is he just not going to like they're just not going to have anybody who plays as a forward anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just a little, I mean, but you know, it, it hasn't hurt him in fantasy so far. I mean, he is, he is what the, you know, pretty, pretty far and away, the top scoring forward in fantasy is 14 points ahead of Dominic Calvert-Lewin who's had an amazing season as well. So, yeah, you know, so yeah, I think, I think he's an option. I think that, um, and I'm with you. I think the KDB is the, is the clear favorite. I think, um, I think you, know, you could pick somebody else on, Van City, maybe a, maybe a Raheem Sterling, which obviously feels risky now, but I think yeah. it could be worth the risk if you're just having a crummy season and you want to take a chance. Um, what about uh, Bruno Fernandez away to West Ham? I think that, that could be a pretty good captain shout too. Yeah, God, I just don't know what to make of this fixture, West Ham, Manchester United. I, I think yeah. I'm curious to, to scout West Ham and how they look against yeah. Aston Villa, but... West Ham have put in some really sturdy performances this season. And yeah. they have, it's just, you know, so, had, so had Southampton and Bruno was just kind of, um, he's just good. Like, I mean, this is like a great analysis here, but like, he's just like, it's kind yeah. of like, he's just got kind of a little bit of everything, you know, he's really, his aggression is, is he's a real fun player to watch, isn't he? He's just a real pleasure to watch on the pitch. He is fun. I mean, he it, he's he's the better version of Martial, where Bruno can be prone to being uh, like mopey. Like I feel like this season, it's you it's get emotional. you get a mopey, yeah. emotional yeah. version of Bruno in the first half, and then yeah. somebody somebody has a word with him in the locker room, and then he comes out with a short sleeve top on, and he absolutely annihilates yeah. the opposing team. I mean, he yeah. was going to do it all himself in that yeah. second half, which yeah. was kind of incredible. So yeah, I I can't, I can't argue with that. I also think like Liverpool in a week like this, I think Mo Salah is in a way an upside captaincy pick just given how heavily captained Manchester City are going to be home Fulham. So 
Sala, you're, there's still a lot of points that will be on the table there for for a Sala or even a Jota captaincy. Be no, I, I agree. I just, I am, you know, one of the questions I had for this week's pod, uh, which we can just pull up now, is um, are there any doubts left about Jota? I mean, do we have to? You were a little on the fence still last week, and have you seen enough now? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, fine. I, I, I just want to stop talking about this. Jota is a great player. He's 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 great, and it's worked. Okay. I think I think Klopp even Klopp came out in a press conference and was like, "Yeah, even I'm astounded at how like seamlessly Jota has fit in. I didn't expect yeah. this transfer to work out this well, but yeah. here we are." So you know, I think like Jurgen Klopp, Josh. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm at. Sure, I'm like Bruno Fernandez. You're like Jurgen Klopp. It's a good, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I I'm on board. I think it still gets a little complicated in how how Klopp starts all of these guys. So Mane, there's just no way Mane's starting from the from the bench. I think you could make the case that Mane needed a rest after the international break and a lot of football. So Jota, we we kind of knew he was going to start on the left and that's great. And and I'm not trying to argue that Jota isn't a great pick if he plays somewhere else on the pitch. I think as far as FPL discussions go, price plus points, Jota thumbs up. I think that's great. Um, But I, I still don't see myself picking up Jota if my sights are set on Salah. I mean, how pissed off was Salah when he got subbed off? He cannot, Salah could not stand the fact that he got subbed off and Jota, the goal scorer, was still on the pitch. He hated yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I mean, it was it was fun to see. It's always fun to see uh, see that. It's actually scary not owning Salah after a moment like that, right? You're like, Ugh, God, like yeah, that's, that's what I'm gonna, saying. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, yeah, totally. I just, yeah. and I, I given all these midfield options, I just, I don't know how you have. Well, I guess it, it, there's an easy way to solve that where you have Jota and Salah. But I don't know. Lots, lots of, lots of players, lots of players. Yeah. Hard to, hard to fit them all, fit them all in, you know, that's, that's, yeah. And what I, about I, you? Is your plan to get them both, Sala and Jota? Yeah. I think my, my plan right now, the, the really simple move would be to go uh, Rashford and Son to uh, De Bruyne and Jota. Uh, and then I would probably actually move De Bruyne to Sala in game week 12. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know. I mean, De Bruyne doesn't feel like an essential player this season for me. Even even as as good as he looked yesterday, I um, I'm just I just don't know what to think about this. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to bring him in. You know, <laughs> like he, he's coming in this week. There's no doubt about that. It is going to yeah. happen immediately. Bring him but, in for one game week. The hokey cokey. Well, maybe. I, I mean, I, you know, otherwise it's like I'm going to have to really make some tough decisions. I mean, do I really want to drop? Uh, Bruno Fernandez you know, costs a million. I mean, you know, it's very hard to have Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne and and you know, and Bruno Fernandez. I mean, it's like yeah. this is like the question we all had going into the season. Now, maybe maybe Kane has to get dropped um, to fund this. Maybe that's you know maybe that's how I make it happen. Um, I've got a, I've got yeah. a, I've got a way to do it with my squad uh, and keep Kane, but my defense kind of becomes. I'm yeah, just so enamored of my lost. defense right yeah, now. I, yeah. I had it. I had it so cool and interesting. Mendy mm-hmm. and Gold, Bellerin and Dean. Oh, we were just like yeah. lots of really cool guys. You had it and all. It's all broken, and now <laughs> I just have yeah. to turn them all into four point five dudes, and yep. that that will open the door for me to get all my premium premium attacks in. 
Yeah, it's it's just, it's very tricky this season. It really is, um, and I, I like that about the game. I mean, I think it's made it made for a fun season, and and I think that you know that's just and maybe that's actually a, it's good perspective, really, uh, when you think about it. It's um, it means that you're going to have weeks where a lot of people do well and you don't, um, and it's going to mean that there are weeks when you do well and other people like it, it means like we don't all rise and fall together this season. And um, often in fantasy, you sort of hit this moment where you're all sort of you know, like you're all kind of riding the same wave or crashing um, at the same time. And I feel like that hasn't been the case this season because everyone's so expensive um, yeah. that you just can't have all these folks. And so I think that um, it is useful maybe to hold on to that and remember, well, I'm having a really bad game week this week, but um, not there's just no way that everyone could get in who I have without using a wild card or burning a bunch of points or whatever, which which is a win for me too. Um, so I think that, um, you know, it's just, it's just good to hold on to that. Maybe, um, final question is, um, cause we talked about, we talked about, I think we've answered every, every other one so far. Um, it's just fantasy wise. What can we now say about Chelsea? So talked about ZH a little bit already. Uh, two things I want to ask you about. One is uh team of Werner and the other one is, uh, and yeah, the Tammy question has been answered, right? Let's yeah. we talked about him on last week's pod. No. Like, Tammy's. Like, well, I don't know why Giroud's no, no, not playing it. Like I'm like I've like done like a full 180 where I'm just like play Giroud. Like give me a break. Like get, get me out of there. Um, so uh, the question one is about the defense, which I guess you talked about a little bit already um, because you know you've got a Chelsea defender now in, in Mendy. Um, yeah. I have I have none, and it's really um, concerning to me. Uh-huh. So. Um, yeah. What do you, um, what, oh yeah. Okay. I'm asking like too many questions at once. So Timo <laughs> Werner, what do you think about Timo Werner? Um, there are just too many better options, I think, yeah. than Timo Werner. And I feel like the better options might not be in real life, like better players. So am I going to say Patrick Bamford is a better striker than Timo? No, obviously not. But as far as how, Timo's price fits into what we want our FPL squads to look like. I don't think that he, there's a lot of upside to him. I don't think he's going to be delivering the level of points that's going to make Werner worthy of an upside chase. That's, that's not working for me. So no, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, the reality is he's, and this may change, I guess if, if Pulisic stays healthy and Havertz comes back, you know, it's like all these variables, but um, right now he's a forward playing out of position. Or well, well, in a position that he can play in, but he, you know, he's playing as a out of position in the fantasy game as um, on the left. And mm-hmm. um, he does get some opportunities. He obviously scored an offside goal today, but he's, he's just not, if anything, he has more assist potential right now than he does as a, as an as out and out goal scorer. And, mm-hmm. um, and it just, it feels like my feeling right now about the whole Chelsea attack, which is it's the one I had a couple weeks ago before I got a little seduced in hindsight by, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, ZH, uh, destroying Burnley and Sheffield should not have uh, informed <laughs> my decision-making that much. They okay. got like a combined four points, uh, piece, you know, between them this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like I don't know who's gonna get points on that team. Like who the attacking assets to yeah. own are, and if you if there's not a clear answer to that question, usually the the answer is just to avoid them. And this is why it, yeah. it, it, it's perfectly in line with the Man City discussion we're having, which is yeah, sure, any combination of Torres and Sterling and Mares and whomever may be valuable, but it's just it's so hard to know um, that, it, that yeah. it's not really worth a gamble. Yeah, I think the caveat for me is I have actually grown in 
I've I've grown to appreciate Lampard in the last month or so. I do think that Chelsea look good. And I think that you look at the mess that Arteta is going through at Arsenal right now. Granted, yeah. Arteta doesn't have half the players that Frank Lampard has, but I think Lampard is really figuring it out. I think Chelsea are looking really solid back to front. And yes, like the FPL problem is, as you say, Josh, I don't know who's going to score the goals, but um, I think where you're missing out would be the the fullbacks with Reese James and Chilwell. I feel a little exposed with Mendy and goal, because if you look at Chelsea's fixtures coming up, Leeds, these guys love to attack. Everton, Wolves, but it's all all attacking teams yeah. um, for for the next for the like the rest of the year so i think it's really going to test that chelsea defense so i think you'd really feel better having the attack possibilities of chillwell and james yeah chill looks awesome um yeah and and james actually looks great too um and and maybe james probably uh, there's no maybe about it at this point james really does seem like a um a great buy at 5.1 million um low ownership too um so i may i may try to bring him in I, i i i'm still uh, I don't know. My defense is still a little bit of a mess, a problem to solve in a future game week, Brandon. But um, yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. And I, I think uh, Ziyech is going to get one more week. I mean, he's kind of playing out of position too. In theory, you might, he might play in the hole um, with Havertz on the right. I mean, if you, if like next Saturday, it was Pulisic on the left, uh, Werner up front, Havertz on the right, Ziyech in the hole, I would be a lot more excited about having him, right? Yeah. Whereas right now it's Ziyech, you know, again, pulled into the parking lot sure. um, outside the stadium. Yeah. And it's He's just, like, sir, you can't park there. All right, Brent, it should be a pretty fun game week. Uh, some pretty interesting matches kind of up and down, some interesting top of the table clashes, some um, Liverpool Wolves, I think. Uh, I mean, hopefully Jimenez is okay. Uh, he probably actually won't play in this one. I can't see how he, he would, yeah. but I yeah. th- that would be amazing if he did. Yeah. And I think Wolves will still, like, Wolves, Nuno knows how to set up a team. Yep. Know? Yep, for better or worse, for sure. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun match for sure. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of mid table ish kind of things. I mean, Villa Newcastle, I think, could be fun. Uh, obviously, you have the North London Derby, uh, Brighton Southampton, uh, a mm-hmm. what do they call South that? Coast a South, Derby. South Coast Derby. Yeah, exactly. So I dare say West Brom Crystal Palace has got me interested. Yeah, there was a question about West Brom, but whether we need to start taking them seriously or at least <laughs> keep trying. Something. And I was like, keep, I'm not I'm not ready for that discussion yet. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I probably will have Jota and De Bruyne. That seems like the really clear and obvious moves to make. Um, but I, I could, I have two transfers. I could maybe do three and do like a little mini wild card. I'm not sure that's the smartest move. I may just go two. I don't know. It's like yeah. a, you get two transfers, you start getting crazy. So, uh, yeah. what are your what are your plan moves for this week? Well, my issue is Lucas Dean, and right. I know his price is probably going to start sinking this week, and I, I feel like I have to move him just so I can get some defensive rotation yeah. going because James Justin's minutes are, are kind of going to be in trouble now that Pereira is back in full team training. Rogers mm-hmm. said that we might see Pereira in the Europa League this week so yeah. or, or the following week. So that's a concern. So here's my issue with the transfers. All the marquee transfers that I want to make, particularly like the primo midfielders like Salah and Bruno, I can't do them this week 
unless I like burn a massive amount of points. So this is going to be a really somber week, I think, where I do something like turn Dean into DS or Kufal and take my lumps. And then heading yeah. into game week 12, that's when things get a little spicier for me, I think. I love Dean to Diaz. I mean, I, this you know, if, if there's one thing that came out of the transfer discussion we had earlier is that I think we're, I think we are overthinking things sometimes with this and, and trying to think too many weeks ahead or trying to optimize everything. And, and maybe, um, you know, it's just that fix your weakest link, right? Like, you know, just yeah, that, you know, that may be so, but I think I'm definitely, if I go that route, I think it's a decent short-term transfer, but I'm going to just paint myself into a corner with these expensive defenders where right. I, I just I, I need that money, you know, as I was talking about getting those four primos, Kane, right. Sala, some, um, Bruno and KDB. If, if I want to do that, Diaz is probably not going to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Um, well, uh, good luck. Good luck. Thank to you. you Brandon. I yeah. need it. Yeah. All right. Well, Please keep take... me in your thoughts. <laughs> uh, we're going to take one last break and then we're going to share with you our interview with Tilly Webb. Brandon, 2020 has reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post. Try Indeed out at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. So you can put in that blue wire to get that $75 credit. Brandon, this is their best offer available anywhere. That's an all caps anywhere for you, Brandon, in case you weren't paying attention. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, gang, sports are back. They're in full swing. No matter what's going on in the world right now, we do love our sports. And while you might not be able to be at the game this year, you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins. Division and championship futures all day, every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. We need to talk about those sign-up bonuses. They are awesome. And you can access them with our promo code BLUEWIRE. So head to betonline.ag and use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Fellas, Brendan, I'm glad I get a chance to address the fellas this time. It's usually you. 2020 has been hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. I certainly know that's true. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped made it easier to turn your bathroom into your own private salon. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released products in the United Kingdom, Canada, and Australia. Brandon, we're huge in Canada. Obviously, we're huge in the mm-hmm. UK. Huge yeah. in Ontario, where are you at? Yeah, big in, we're big in New Zealand. Big, you know, But UK, Canada, and Australia, that's where Manscaped has released their products recently. The Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology. 
That's a lot of uh, descriptive power there, Brandon. I had to uh, tread carefully, which helps reduce grooming accidents. Also, it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. These formulas are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Uh, you and your partner could also use the Crop Preserver Deodorant, an anti-chafing deodorant designed to defend against below-the-waist odors. I'm and a big the, fan of these of those products in particular, Josh. I know, they, Brandon. You're not, just, for me. you're not just a pitch man. You're also a, a client. And I, mm-hmm. I respect that about you. Um, and their foot dust, foot dust or foot deodorant is so good, you can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet. Brandon, I have to tell you, I have a four-year-old daughter. She finds my feet truly disgusting to, yeah. to a degree that I think is unfair, to be quite honest. Does she uh, call you the hobbit? She just hates them. You know, she really hates, <laughs> she thinks they're, they're very smelly and it's, it's a real problem. So I may have to have my wife get some of this for me for Christmas. Uh, use uh, code always and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, let's visit manscaped.com at 20% off and free shipping. Use the code always. All right, we're back, and we're welcoming Mark and Tilly to the podcast. Mark and Tilly, welcome, welcome to the pod, and thanks for coming on. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah. Okay, you might so, be wondering uh, who Mark and Tilly are, and Tilly really is the star of this group, and Mark being her dad. We found out about Tilly when, Mark, you tweeted at Always Cheating last weekend to say, after game week nine, Tilly, your daughter, was ranked number two in the Always Cheating Super League. And for those of you who aren't in the Super League, this is our public league that's free to join, and there are nearly 20,000 managers in that league. And Tilly, the very talented eight-year-old, is ranked number two after game week, after game week nine. By comparison's sake, Brandon is ranked like fifteen thousand right now, so <laughs> it's pretty so pretty good. <laughs> we just had we just had to meet you and have you on the podcast and find out how, how you're doing this how you're doing so well this season. Yeah, what are your well? How are you doing so well? What are your tips, <laughs> sweetheart? Um, well, I don't listen to daddy. Smart. Yeah, smart. yeah, that smart. is one of the tips, isn't it? Yeah. So we, we wildcarded after week one uh, because you wanted to get some Villa players in because we we're both Aston Villa fans. And um, we had uh, room for one more cheap defender. And so I, I showed her all like the typical kind of guys you might go for. Here's some options, Lamptey and Walker Peters. And what did you say? I want a Villa defender. Yeah, Smart. so I said, no, you don't really don't want a Villa defender. Um but we showed us some Villa defenders and said oh, we got cash and we got targets. But you said you wanted Conce, yeah. And I said no, you really don't want Esri Conce. But he decided to go for Conce, and um, of course he got. How, do you remember how many points he got that week? Fifteen. Fifteen wow. points, yeah. Wow. They won one nil. He got man of the match. He scored the only goal. He got a clean sheet. And so from then on in, we decided, I think we'll just go with whatever Tilly wants. <laughs> right. And it's working it's out so again. well for you right yeah, now. You're, great, you're ranked yeah. 634 overall in the world after the Manchester United-Southampton match. So, Dad, how do you feel? How do you feel about this? Are you feeling jealous? Do you feel like um, maybe you're creating a monster here and you're never going <laughs> to win in the household again? Yeah, I've become more interested in her team than, than my team. I, I win like three or four teams at, at, at the moment, not including Tilly's. And uh, my team's do dreadful. But, yeah, uh, I was going to say, how yeah. are you? What, yeah, do you know what your rank is right now, Mark? How you're doing so far in the I, game? I really don't know. Um, 
I think I'm inside the top million, <laughs> which um, is kind of uh, normal for me, just to be just to be about there, just to be okay. But yeah. um, I've never been as high as anywhere near as high as Tilly. So Tilly, you're an Aston Villa fan, and uh, I, I like Villa. I've actually I have three Villa players in my fantasy team right now too. I've got a, um, I've got two defenders. So I'm with you. I'm, I, I didn't get the right one though. I got Matt Target, who's who's okay, but Kansa, I think he was he was the best. And I've got Martinez, who I think is a really good goalkeeper. I think you guys are really lucky to have him. Uh, and then I didn't get Jack Grealish, and I kind of I do regret that a little bit. He's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the players you insisted on at the beginning. So, you know, I, I insisted on some cheap players. I thought, well, if you get these, you can afford some better players. Yeah. And then you, who did you insist on? Do you remember which were your players you wanted in your team? Yeah, do you remember who they were? Um, Grealish. Grealish, yeah. Watkins. Mm -hmm. Yes, Watkins, yeah. And Salah. And Salah. And Kane, because that was the name of her team, is... No Kane, no gain. And so it's kind of been like a self-fulfilling prophecy that she yeah. kept Kane and she so kept good. doing it. <laughs> He's been so good all year. Well, so Tilly, you know, our goal on the pod podcast, the goal for this season is to, is to make fantasy fun again and make sure that we're having fun. So what, for you, when you, when you play fantasy, when you're watching the matches, what is the most fun part to you? What do you like the most? Um, I like it when... My my players do really well and score all the goals. <laughs> That's smart. Which has happened a player? lot this year. <laughs> do you have a favorite player, Tilly? Um, well, I have some favorite players. I've got Harry Kane, Jack Grealish, Son, and Salah. Oh, those guys are all good. So I like. Go ahead, Josh. Say, who, who do you like? What's that? <laughs> who do you like? Who are your favorite players, Josh? Who are mine? That's a good question. Well, I love Juan Mata, who doesn't really play that much anymore. Um, and I love uh, Santi. See, Tilly, I'm short, so I love all of the short players. <laughs> so I love Sergio Aguero, Juan Mata, Santi Cazorla, who used to play for Arsenal. Um, who are some other short guys that really, if you're short, I'm probably going to be a fan of you as a player. <laughs> yeah. Though this has not been a banner season for short players. Daniel Podence, who is a player I've had in, in my team, not, not really done, not really done. Well, I'm doing much better with the tall players like, like Harry Kane. So I think speaking of Kane, he's been a great captaincy option. Tilly, how do you come to decide who your captain is going to be week to week? Do you have any special tricks there? Um, well, Daddy shows me all the players that I can get, and I'm, he gives me some options, and I choose which one of those I want. Do you just go on your, your instinct? you just have a feeling that that, that particular player is going to do well that week? Yeah. It's a, gut, it's a gut call. I feel like sometimes that's the best way to manage your fantasy teams just go with your gut instinct and don't don't pour over the stats yeah she, she picks names she likes as well so you say about making fantasy fun um i, I guess for, for tilly it's it's um picking players that she likes to root for as well which you know isn't yeah. a great fantasy tactic but it just adds an extra dimension where uh the yeah. villa players that she wants to follow she actually picks for the team and then gets to root for them with a, an added dimension which is 
I think that I think that is more fun. I, you know, I, I I like having at least one or two players that I you know I have Marcus Rashford in my team right now, and you know he hasn't really uh, done much uh, in my team, but he's just a great guy to have because I just like him. You know, I want him to do well because he's such a nice such a nice person. So Tilly, I have a question for you. You met my daughter at the very start of this call, and uh, she's four, much younger than you. You know, half your age. Uh, but when, you know, when did you start playing? When did you, uh, do you remember, is this your first season doing fantasy with your dad or have you done it before? Mm, I haven't done it before. Well, I think I started at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do, do you remember how you started? Do you remember, who, who was playing? Um, my uncle with his um, children. Your and, two cousins, yeah. Yeah, and... They wanted to, um, they wanted to pick their players and I asked if I could do um, my team. So I joined in and, and I'm playing now. So what's the, what's the buy-in here, Tilly? Like a thousand pounds? That's what you, what you had to spend to get into this big family pool? College fund. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah I, I just spent the, the first month just setting up for disappointment like you know this is going to be hard and you know just yeah. make sure you try and get above your cousins Joshua and Jacob and 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 that's the that's your own competition but um basically the, the kind of like family league that we're in she's she's already won it already so she's, oh, she's so sure. far ahead yeah, of everybody points, else 100 points up so do you get anything if you win Tilly is it just bragging rights or do you get any is there a prize um, I don't know. <laughs> there was no prize decided. Dad. I just didn't expect to do this well. So we're going to have to decide on that. You got to make your dad take you out to dinner or something, Tilly, you know, mm-hmm. if you win. <laughs> what's, your, so, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite kind of food? Um, well, my favorite meal is chicken wraps. Yeah, chicken fajitas. Yeah, chicken yeah. wraps. Oh, yeah. We have, yeah. Yeah. Right. They so come that's, sizzling that's right out of the kitchen. That's, that's, that's the rule. <laughs> Mark, for you, it must be a dream. I mean, to be a parent and to be a football fan and to get your kids involved at an early age. I mean, were you were you kind of planning on this uh, to to get Tilly involved, or just kind of a happy accident? And what is it like now on the weekends when you, as a family, can kind of share in that football experience? It must be a blast. Well, it, it is. It's actually great just to do it together, yeah, as as father and daughter. But like, like I say, I wasn't that keen on her getting involved because it is a life of frustration and misery sometimes. Fantasy football and just yep. constant making the wrong choice, and um, and so I'm keep trying to set her up for that. That look, there is a, still a chance that you know you're going to plummet down the leagues, and it's yeah. not you know it's sure. not going to be a happy ending. But it, she just kept getting better and better, and so it has been a yeah happy accident. Um, well, hopefully, when when the uh, when the lockdowns are lifted, you guys can actually go see some real football. Uh, will how far away are you from from Villa Park? We we just we just a, a couple of miles away. We um, it's just a, just a bus ride really. Yeah, over into Birmingham. Yeah, well, yeah we, we got to go to a couple of important games last year, not with Tilly, but um, yeah, get highlights of Villa staying up last year. As a Fulham supporter, I've gotten to know this squad a fair bit. We had that amazing championship final in which uh, I think it was Ryan Fredericks tried to actually uh, break Jack Grealish's leg. Not that we condone that kind of activity, but it's been, <laughs> it's been great to see that Villa squad sort of stick with it and come back up and, and to do what they're doing now. Absolutely. That does actually remind me, Brandon, we went to the King Power um, 
There was that girl behind us who yelled, break his legs. <laughs> yeah, there were not a lot of Jack Grealish fans um, at that Leicester match, for sure. But I think he, he's the type of player that engenders that sort of reaction. Everyone's just jealous of how yeah. skilled and how handsome he is. Man, I do, I do yeah. love Jack Grealish, too. Yeah, yeah I'd the, love to go to Royal Park. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. It's going to say, him, him playing for England has kind of brought people together. Because, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was very divisive. <laughs> A long right. time right yeah right it's um yeah we went to uh, we had a, one of our uh, uh patreon supporters paul parsons uh got us tickets to the leicester match last season so we went to the king Thanks. power and it was really you know it's very interesting going to a match in the have you been to villa park before tilly have you gone with your dad to a match no oh one one day maybe that'll be a prize maybe there'll be, be fans the prize, yeah that could be the prize. <laughs> that'd be fun um, but we, it was really cool because we'd, we'd seen matches in London and we'd seen matches in, um, in Manchester, but, um, I actually think the King Power experience was, was maybe the most fun because it really felt like, um, like a family experience. And like this guy, Paul, who took us around, he was like the mayor of, mm-hmm. of, um, the King Power. I mean, everywhere he went, he was saying hi to people and it was just, it was really cool. I mean, it reminded me of, um, you know, I actually think in American sports, the college football or college sports experience is closer to the Premier League than the professional experience because you have um, people wearing jerseys and singing songs. And yeah, and you don't get that as much in the American, you know, like um, baseball, it's a little more like you just wear your normal clothes, you know, (laughs) it's not quite as, um, so yeah, it seems it's really cool. So maybe next time uh, we're in England, we can go up to Villa Park and we can meet you guys. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, Tilly, do you ever think you're going to put on your own boots and get that get out there on the pitch and and play football yourself? Uh, no. No. We've made our house into a makeshift football pitch a few times <laughs> and tried to recreate some Jack Grealish moments. There we go. Yeah. That's awesome. been doing that with my daughter too. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're kicking the ball around in the backyard a little bit too. Sorry. So, right, so Tilly, uh, final question: Do you have any advice? for all the fantasy managers out there who wish that they were 634 in the world? Um, well, I think my daddy would want to be. And maybe my uncle. Have you got any advice for people? Uh, people how to pick players and how to do well? Yeah, we're not listening to Mark or to your uncle, Tilly. I'm sorry. Well, we, we trust we... you, Tilly. Only <laughs> you. But that is, you make your own decisions, don't you? Yeah. What things do you look at when you um, picking players? Well, I like the names of them. And so, I think... Yeah. So every player called James, she's got in her team, she's got James James Rodriguez and Reese James because of her uncle James. Oh. Yeah, you just make your own decisions, don't you? I feel like you fit right in with the always cheating family, Tilly, because Josh and I pick players for their names legendarily. Poku, Embakani, Sorloff, Vokes. These are all players that for one reason or another really captured our attention and their names are a big part of that. So um, I think that's a great thing. I think make your own decisions is really good advice too, because I, I think that that's something that it's actually very hard for people to do. It's something even I struggle with. You know, you see all these people out there telling you, oh, you got to get this person, you got to get this person. It sounds like Tilly, your dad probably says, oh, you got to get this person. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I think when you make your own decisions and things go really well, that's more fun anyway, because you picked it yourself. 
you know, and it was your choice. Um, so um, yeah, congrats to you. And really, I think it's really cool that you're doing so well this year. Yeah, congrats, Tilly. And thank you for coming on the Always Cheating podcast. We hope you'll remember us when flash forward a few years and you have the biggest FPL podcast yeah. going yeah, right now. When Arsenal fan TV, you know, and we're just in this Right. And, and we should also thank Jim Payne, who kind of is the glue that holds holds this this <laughs> call together. We we love yeah, you, Jim. And, and his his, his wife has given us strict instructions not to feed his ego. Mm, fair so enough. Be careful what we say. Oh, it's too late now, I think. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, great to meet both of you, Mark and Tilly. And um, yeah, the uh, the Spurs. Um, um, Chelsea match is about to kick off, so uh, good luck. I, I, I assume you have Reese James playing, Tilly, so good luck to you. And Harry Kane probably too, right? Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks right. again, guys. Thanks Enjoy so the rest much. of the season. Great to see you. All right. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.